Welcome back to Moment Makers Podcast, the show that dives into the moments that stand out in your life that you'll never forget, talking all about how they're made and the stories of the people behind them. I'm your host, Bobby Gibson. I'm husband to Lee, father of three, a tech lover, and a theater and experience junkie. Yes, it's on that level. Junkie is the best way to describe it. In this episode, we're talking all about theater and diving into some of the most memorable moments from the stage for me. This isn't a list of the top shows for everyone. It's just a list of iconic moments in the theater that really stood up and shaped the way that I looked at live theater. Iconic moments is what this podcast is all about. It's funny as I'm kind of shaping this idea for this show and just kind of understanding what it is and kind of saying it out loud and putting it out there. I can't help but think about the movie Inside Out from Disney. They go about memories and feelings and expression and just kind of how things shape this character in this movie. And they talk a lot about core memories. What is a core memory? How does it shape the person? And how does it kind of stay with them over their life and help them to either make decisions or shape their outcome in some way? And that's how I look at this podcast. I love the idea of talking about those core moments in our lives that shape us and make us approach the rest of our lives in a new way, whether it affects our life in a small way or a more large way. In this episode, I want to talk about something that I absolutely love. I love Broadway. Whether it's musicals or plays, you know, mostly musicals, but I'm starting to get more into plays. I wanted to talk about five key moments in Broadway for me. This isn't a list of, you know, the top shows or anything like that. This is a list of five of my favorite moments from Broadway that shaped me and kind of helped me see theater and life in a new way. First things first, I want to talk about the very first show that I ever went to. I had never been on an airplane and I got on an airplane to go to New York City with my brother. And when we got there, we talked about going to a Broadway show and, you know, they threw around Phantom of the Opera and they threw around Lion King and then this other show called Rent. I didn't know what it was. I wasn't into theater. I didn't grow up as a theater kid or anything like that. I didn't really even have any experience or reference points for theater. But I saw a couple billboards for it and my brother said, hey, let's go check out Rent. And so we went. I remember getting um, like TKTS tickets to go see Rent and we were in the second row, which is just crazy now that I know more about theater. I never, you know, that's a pretty big deal. And I remember sitting down and just kind of having no idea the roller coaster or, or the ride that I was, you know, strapping in for as we sat down to see Rent. And I just remember so much of that show just kind of punching me in the face. And that sounds extreme and kind of weird, but I can't think of a better way to describe it. I really loved how that show not only taught me some more about the life experience or the things that I had experienced, but it also opened my eyes to this whole other world and opened my eyes to live theater and different experiences than I'd been around before and different people than I'd been around before. It's so much opening of my eyes and I'll just never forget it. After Rent, I would have to say the next moment would be um, from Wicked. And Wicked is a show that everybody knows. It's been around for a really long time. But I'd really like to say something. I've seen Wicked, I think, six or seven times now. And no matter what, I mean, I just saw the tour last year. No matter how many times I see it or no matter what, this design and this story and all of the aspects of this show still stand true today. And the particular moment of the show that I wanted to talk about is the moment in Defying Gravity when Elphaba leaves the stage and rises up above the crowd and sings that iconic kind of like battle cry, you know, 
chorus and hook and um, all about defying gravity. And she's just kind of finding her path for the first time. And I just remember when those all those stage effects happened and everything kind of happened with that show all at once. And it just culminates right before the act break, just being blown away by the technology and the theater. And they guide your eyes so well. And this song is so great and overwhelming. And I mean, I thought I knew <laughs> what The Wizard of Oz was about. And then I went to Wicked. Next up would absolutely have to be seeing Ben Platt and Darren Hansen. This is a role of a lifetime. This show and this role and Ben Platt in this role is something that people will talk about for years to come. I mean, it's just one of those amazing shows where they happened to find the right actor and the show was the right show for the actor and they started to morph the character around the actor so much so that it just became so much of who Ben Platt was. I got the chance to see the show early on, like really early on, and um, I think I just saw it for my seventh time now. And so I've kind of got to see the show evolve from, you know, early days all the way through to the actual Broadway premiere. We actually got to go opening night of Broadway, or opening night previews of Broadway, and it was so, so wonderful to see this show. But there are a few times when the writing of a show and the character and the actor playing the character just are in more sync than this. I mean, I can't think of one time that that's the truth for something that I've seen. This was such a role of a lifetime. So wonderful to be able to see Ben Platt in this role and Darren Hansen. Uh, number four would have to be Hamilton. Um, I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. I got a chance to fall head over heels in love for uh, In the Heights when it came out. I loved the fusion of hip-hop and the Puerto Rican music and this vibe of Washington Heights. And, you know, it was very unheard of and very different for the small window of the Broadway world that I knew. And I remember I had a friend that introduced me to In the Heights and I was just kind of like, oh, sure, whatever, you know. And then I listened to the music and I fell for it so hard. I remember memorizing every line and I remember just all this fusion of all the worlds that kind of come together in that show being so awesome. And I loved Lin-Manuel's writing and his hip hop and his flair that he had for the character. And I don't know, there's so much great about it. So when it came time to see Hamilton, I'm like everybody else. I mean, I heard it was coming and I was like, oh, Lin-Manuel's doing Hamlet. And then I was like, oh no, not Hamlet, Hamilton. And then I read about it and I was like, the founding father story, you know, told through Hamilton's perspective. Oh, and we're on Broadway and we're going to use hip hop. It was very strange, but I mean, knowing how much I loved in the Heights, I mean, I just blindly bought tickets and it was crazy. We ended up getting to go the day before the cast album came out and we went when it had fair amount of hype from it. It just had a very successful run at the public and it was now on Broadway, but it hadn't really caught fire yet. And I remember we got done with the show and I don't think I blinked once. I just stood there and just took it all in. And if you've seen the show or you know the music, it's hip hop and every word is just layered upon this awesome hip hop score. And it's so, so great. And I just wanted to soak up every second of it. Anyway, we got done with it and we went out to the stage door and we got a chance to meet the entire original cast. They were so great to come out and talk with us. And for whatever reason, there weren't very many people there that night. So we got a chance to talk with them for quite a while and interact with them and take pictures. And it was just so great. The entire experience about it and the hip hop being brought to Broadway and it just being so smart and so clever and then learning more about the founding fathers. So, so cool for me. I mean, when you finish a show and it, you know, drives you to go and learn more about something that maybe you knew a little bit about, but you want to know more and you just kind of go down a hole or a rabbit hole, like Googling all about it. 
um, I say that's really great when a show can help you and push you to learn more about whatever the subject matter is or the person or the place or, you know, what's happening in the show. And last but not least is something that I saw most recently. Um, this is the brand new staging of West Side Story. And when I talk about West Side Story, generally when people find out that I like Broadway, you know, sometimes it comes up and people talk about it and they ask me what I think. I grew up in a time where it wasn't really like the movie wasn't happening then and I didn't really like vibe with the show. I've always really respected it. I've always thought that the dancing was super iconic and some of the music was just so great. But I had a chance to see it on tour and I was just kind of like, meh, like I understand why people like it, but it's not for me. So what do you think that Stephen Sondheim thinks of this reimagining of West Side Story? I had an opportunity to watch this clip online on 60 Minutes where they had a chance to sit down with Stephen Sondheim and ask him this very question and a few others talking about this new reimagining of West Side Story. Check it out. 60 Minutes Overtime. So now you have a radical new interpretation of... West Side Story. Why do we need a new version of Oh, because West Side what keeps Story? the theater alive is reinterpretation. The reasons, the thing that, that essentially is different between, let's say, theater and movies or television is that it's changeable. Each generation brings new ways of looking at a play. Hmm. New, not to mention new actors. Even within a year, you know, an actor is replaced and the show feels different because the actors. What's great about the theater is it's a living organism, whereas movies and television are as if in amber. It's not that they're dead, but they're only alive in one shape, form, and tone. Every time you see a movie, they're giving the same performances they did the last time you saw them. Not true of a show. Enlighten me about theater in this way. The, the, the original West Side Story has endured. I mean, it's, it's... Well, what, you know, what particularly endured was the movie, you know, the, the show, as I said, you know, had a very limited run. It was not a smash hit by any means, right? So, uh, you know, so it's endured, I think, because the movie made it popular. The movie was a huge hit, and suddenly everybody thought the tunes were hummable. They hadn't before then. The movie made all the change in the hmm. world. And, um, so you mean we, so we, we look back on 1957 through rose-colored glasses? You got it exactly. Is this a positive evolution for Broadway? To, uh, well, I, I, don't think so. I don't think it's part of an evolution for Broadway. It's, this is a particular directorial style that Evo has used before, applied to this piece, and uh, it's, again, it's a new interpretation. And God willing, in a few years, there'll be another new interpretation, you know. A, a play or musical lives on by its reinterpretations. Now, this interpretation is rough and, and raw and, and, and brutal. Much more and so you, than the original. Are you comfortable with down. those changes? Oh, yeah, I love it. I love it, sure. Everything that's happened since 1957 in the world, and certainly in the entertainment industry where four-letter words are, you know, a common practice all the time, and much more violence on the screen, you know, uh, eyes being gouged out. It's a, that's a big change since 1957, and it's reflected in the theater, too. 
I love what Stephen Sondheim says here. I really like that he's able to embrace the changes and to realize that theater is this living organism that changes over time and that not only the actors and the reinvention of a show will change how it feels or the tone of the show, but also the people that are watching it. It's also super interesting to me to learn that West Side Story in its original production wasn't this smash hit that everyone thinks it was. It's so funny how many times I've watched a video or heard people talk about West Side Story and they hail it as this original production, just this groundbreaking thing that happened. And I love learning more about it from Stephen Sondheim where he talks about how the show kind of did okay when it first came out and it wasn't until the movie that people really went back and found this show and turned it into this icon that it is today. I always find it super interesting when a show is iconic enough for it to stick around long enough that it gets a remake. I think it's funny when people are upset and they want it to be just like the original. Well, I mean, in most cases, the original still exists and they're able to go view whether a recording of a, you know, a musical or a play and or watch the movie. I've always been firmly in the camp that it is completely okay for two things to coexist in this world. I really like watching the original and there's a lot of things that are great about it. And then I really love seeing it reimagined and changed. And that doesn't mean that every reimagining is going to land as well for me as the original. That just means that I believe and think firmly that both can exist. And when a show is good enough that this happens, most of the time there's room for both versions. I loved listening to this interview with 60 Minutes. There's actually a couple different cuts of this interview on YouTube, and I encourage you to jump over to 60 Minutes YouTube channel and check out the full interview. And so when it came time to go to this new version of West Side Story, I mean, I'm not sure I would have rushed out to go to it, but I literally ended up going on this trip to go see Sing Street and to go see West Side Story because I had heard that there's this bold reimagining of the show and I had heard that there was live cameras and a video wall included in it. And I remember thinking about it and I was just kind of like, okay, West Side Story with a video wall and, you know, live cameras, like it's just going to be the movie. It's kind of strange. And then I started reading into it a little bit more and just figured out that there was this video design element to it and that Ivo van Hove has been the director of it. And I love the fact that he's been taking things and kind of turning them on their side and reimagining them in this bold new way. And then I started looking into this wonderful cast of dancers. I learned that there were 23 actors that were making their Broadway debut in this show. And I learned that the set was very minimal. And I mean, I learned these on a pretty surface level thing. And I just remember going in for the first time, fairly skeptical, but hoping to see something cool with video. I love video. I've spent so much time learning video and shooting video, and I'm working towards my 10,000 hours in mastering video. But when you can combine video, this love of mine, and theater, this other love of mine, and put them together, I was just like, okay, even if it's just the same as it was, and it's ugh, there's still something cool about having video in there. And you go into the theater and the entire stage is blank. I mean, like blanker than blank. Like you kind of think something's wrong. And then knowing what I know about projection design and video, you start to notice like, oh, wait, like that whole back wall is a video screen. And there's more to this than you think. And I remember sitting in the crowd and saying, oh, that back wall is meant to look like it's just the back wall of the theater. But some of the proportions were just slightly off and you can kind of tell even though they had the the brightness down on the screen that it was still an LED wall and I just kind of got excited. And I remember the show starts with, you know, one of the gangs coming out and standing center stage. 
there's probably six or eight of them. I'm not sure. And there's this camera right at the back of the mezzanine overhang, and it just kind of pans across all of them. But it's very close up. I mean, it's just their shoulders and their heads. And I just remember the first time that this video wall was introduced and the live cameras were introduced and just kind of seeing these people standing front and center on the stage up on that big screen and their faces being, you know, four stories high or whatever it happens to be. And just kind of how what a bold decision that was. And there's this weird moment where you're kind of looking at the screen and you're looking at the person and looking at the screen and looking at the person and maybe not everyone, but I was looking around to try and figure out what the camera was and is this live or is it pre-taped and they're just kind of acting with the pre-video. What was it? And I just had to figure it out. And it's so funny. I remember thinking all of these things and then seconds later the show starts and we go from this live camera element to this pre-taped video of New York City. And it's New York City now. I mean, I could have walked out into the city and found the location where it was. And I am positive that it would look just the way that it did in this video that they had. And so this video is slowly moving forward as this first parts of this scene just kind of unwind and start to end. It's kind of strange to have a video wall that large um, have an image on it that's moving. And it's this whole new perspective. It's very strange to experience it. And there's almost this moment where you're like, okay, that's neat, but am I going to get motion sick? And you're watching it because it's slowly just floating through this, you know, alleyway or this kind of street in New York City. And you're kind of watching the screen and you're kind of paying attention to the show. And at, at first it kind of feels like it's like, is this going to work? Is this going to be okay? At least it did for me. And then maybe 10 minutes in or five minutes in, I was just like, not only does this work, but I love every second of it. And it was just like an inside out in my brain <laughs> in that Disney movie where the core memory just kind of bloop and rolls down the track. And it took me a couple of minutes to kind of formulate what I thought of this bold decision. And then I was just smitten by it. I mean, I absolutely loved this fusion of live theater, this modern retelling and reimagining of this classic story, and this video element of it. I felt like for the first time I was actually seeing West Side Story and kind of paying attention to what it was, and the bold decisions that they made drew me in. So there's a couple other things I want to talk about about this show that's just really, really great. I mean, there had to have been 12, maybe more active cameras. And there's a moment, a very, very pivotal, hard-hitting moment of the show where they uh, switch it and they make it look like they're switching to a cell phone camera. And it just adds this whole other level of authenticity to this moment. And, I mean, many know West Side Story and they know that there's a rape scene in the show. And that's this moment where they switch to this cell phone camera. And it just makes it feel even more like it was this raw, terrifying moment, which... I mean, obviously it would be and it is, but I don't know, just switching to that camera and using the cell phone just helped elevate the height and the feeling that you feel during that moment and just how heartbreaking it actually is. This video wall is the entire back wall of the theater, but it also opens up in two different spots. And it's strange, it kind of pops apart from the rest and then it slides to the side. And they open one side at a time and one of the sides is Doc's shop and the other side is the sewing shop. Um, and... It's so, so cool for them to be able to use these scenes that are kind of tucked away. And in the traditional stage, there's not really any set pieces. It's just a blank kind of open stage. And then inside of these shops that are at the back, both Doc's shop and the sewing shop, they're so detailed. I mean, 
it felt and looked like you walked into a, a bodega in New York City. I mean, no detail was overlooked. It was beautiful, and it was very cinematic. It was lit just like it would be if you were in a shop as well. And the camera angles that they chose to use. And this is a strange moment where you see the actors walk to the back of the stage, which, you know, at the Broadway theater on Broadway, it's not a small theater and it's not a small stage. So there's this moment where they walk into the shop at the back and you can't see them anymore, but you can see them on the active cameras that are on the screen. And it's this strange moment where the actors are no longer on the stage. I mean, you can kind of see them in the shop, but there's definitely moments where you can't physically see them, but you can see them on the cameras. And it's this strange element of like, am I in a movie right now or am I in live theater? And it's so cool, this fusion between when they kind of walk out and you can see them physically versus when they're just on the screens. And it's this whole new dynamic and it's kind of this fusion of video and of live theater. And the way that it's done, I wouldn't think that it takes away from either. If anything, it, the two come together to elevate things to a whole new level for me. A few other things that just blew me away in this production. Um, it rains in this show for, I mean, I don't know how long it actually is, but it felt like it was at least more than 20 minutes of the show is just covered in this rain falling from above. And it feels so authentic and it's so real. And it's not just the rain. It's the combination of the rain and this like dark back alley lighting that you would see, you know, and right in the middle of New York City in an alley. And it's this vibe and it just puts you in the place and you fully wholeheartedly believe that you, you know, are in that place and you're walking down the streets of Manhattan. It's raining on you. And if you've ever been in Manhattan when it's raining, it's this strange <laughs> there's like these protocols and these rules and all these things that kind of emerge and um, this torrential rain vibe of the city. And I don't know, it's just this whole other level, but they nailed it. And it felt just like that to me. And I think the commitment that they had to the rain in the show, it wasn't just a little bit of rain. It was like a rain storm and the floor of the, the theater on stage is made for the rain and it's kind of, you know, drying itself as the rain is kind of sucked into the floor or whatever. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but that's kind of the vibe that I got from it. And it was just very, very neat. They incorporated the rain into the choreography. So as the dancers would slide across the stage and things like that, it was built into it and it was just very authentic and it just put you in that place. And it's just kind of like another moment inside of the show of the screen or the overall experience or the rain or any of those things these core memories were just like flying for me and it was just really, really neat. Overall, the combination of the camera and the storytelling was just very unique. Um, there's one shot in particular that I just love because it's so, so simple, but its simplicity is what allows it to hit so hard and to feel so bold. There's a moment where the dancers are both standing one group on stage left, one group on stage right, and they're in this kind of, you know, formation that with these windows in between them. And they're in this opposite window formation. And they take the two shots and they put them up on the video screen together and they stack them over top of each other, which normally would stop you from seeing the shot that was on the bottom. But then they drop the opacity of that shot and so the two shots are able to be seen. Well, on stage right, the people are covered in red light, and on stage left, the people are colored in blue light, and then everything behind them is black, and it makes it so there's this perfect, like, <laughs> fusion of these two shots together, and you just see the people on this blue side and the people on the red side merge together as if the two gangs were standing amongst each other. 
And it's such a cool moment and it's such a simple effect in the video world. They could have spent all this time doing things that were really, really like crazy and out there and cinematic and over the top. And I loved that they chose to do things that were so simple and so easy, not necessarily easy to achieve, but not any crazy tricks, not any crazy sleight of hand or weirdness, just really basic camera effects that concentrated on telling the story so so neat and it just elevated that they were able to be bold enough to be that simple overall this show is extremely extremely raw uh the director of the show has gone as far to say that this is west side story for our generation for this current right now generation and i would 100 percent say so Never, never have I been to live theater that is as current and as reimagined and as jaw-dropping and innovative. I honestly feel like I saw the future of the avenues of live theater and a video kind of merging together and really what the future of at least this avenue of theater could be. This show for me, I mean multiple, multiple moments made for me and as I've learned more about the creative team and the people who have come together to craft this show and to design these elements, it is so clear to me how much time and how much you know thought went into combining all of the disciplines of video and dance and the weather elements with the rain and the screen and the offstage elements and the design and everything just came together. And it's one of those shows that very few are able to achieve this level. Um, shows like Darren Hansen and Hamilton and absolutely Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. I mean, that's the level of continuity in this show. And that's the level where all the disciplines are played in concert together. And it's just this beautiful fusion of all those worlds coming together to make you feel like you're in that place. I love when there is something that I've seen before, whether it's a movie or theater, that I kind of have decided what I think or how I feel about that show, and then they're able to reimagine it and tell it again in a new way. And it goes from the kind of meh category to me to this moment where the show is one of my new favorites, and I just want to go tell everybody I know to jump on an airplane and go see this show right now. I have a lot of friends that talk to me about theater and ask me about theater, and then I have a lot of people that learn that I love theater so much and instantly are kind of like shrug it off or turned off by it. And it's so funny to me because the other message I want to make sure that we talk about of a core memory for theater for me is that theater is changing. Theater is telling stories like never before. And I would say the broadness of the categories of stories being told are more universal and there's something more out there for everybody. And that's one thing I want to make sure that we talk about in this podcast is I would say that there has never been a better time to experience live theater and to kind of go in and see what it's got. I think a lot of people have a preconceived notion of what theater can be or what it is. And then this whole world of Broadway has changed and we're seeing and doing and feeling things that we've never done on Broadway before. And it's this whole other avenue of Broadway is evolving and it's telling stories in ways that's never been told before and never have done before. So I encourage you to get out and see a show and see some theater and take a chance. What are some of those times where theater has kind of challenged you or changed you or made you walk forward and see things in a new way? There are a lot of overwhelming things happening in our world and I encourage you to take a pause and think about those moments that have shaped you and think about how you can you know, learn from them and continue to push forward and make new ones. I've had a lot of fun talking about five iconic moments in theater for me, and I hope you'll get out, see some shows, and make a list of your own. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Moment Makers Podcast, the show that dives into the moments that stand out in your life that you'll never forget, talking all about how they're made and the stories of the people behind them. I'm your host, Bobby Gibson, husband to Lee, father of three, tech lover, and theater and live experience junkie. <laughs>